And we're live. <laughs> you have to do the voice, too. <laughs> and we're live. Yeah, that's good. You know what? I'll, you know what? This time, I'll leave this in, Kevin. Uh, do you cut it out every time? I cut it out every time. Ugh, such a disappointment. Damn so, it. listeners have no idea, but every single time we start recording, first of all, like we do this weird, like snapping fingers noise and do a countdown. So, we're in sync, our tracks for the editor, Steven. There's no Steven, it's me. Uh, and every time, like we start recording, Kevin says, and we're live. <laughs> every yeah, single um, time. <laughs> well, I got that from uh, my friend Ian Roth. Uh, at uh, Ridiculous Lifestyle when they used to be doing a podcast. Um, they would say that every time. It just, it just stuck with me. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I am not the inventor of the and we're live. Um, but I am most definitely the inventor of follow-up. Um, it's an expression <laughs> sure. that a lot of podcasters start using. <laughs> so let's start with that. By the way, uh, as you noticed, there's no really like main topic uh, for this show. It's going to be a more laid-back more personal show we really like we really enjoy these and like i feel like we need it every once in a while like we need a more laid back just to talk about more personal stuff and honestly a lot of times it's one of the, it's our best episodes are, are like that so does that sound good yeah let's do it <laughs> all right so i i feel like i've i've seen you post a picture either on twitter or instagram that mm. you got a new watch yeah <laughs> um like yeah but not really so i my initial order on lunch day well not lunch day when when pre-orders opened up i placed an order on a series four the nike plus edition as i've mentioned here like i had the nike plus the series two and the nike plus is exactly like the regular aluminum ones except it has more watch faces so like the in the same price so like why wouldn't you pick that one Right? Right. Um, so, and also, like, it has cool new bands. Like, this one has, like, a reflection, whatever. Like, if you go oh, you got that out one? running. Yeah. Um, so, it has a, a reflection type of uh, fabric that, uh, you know, you, people can see, like, if you go for a walk at night or something. So, anyway. Uh, so, that was my initial order. But the Nike Plus models, they didn't ship until October 12, like, a couple of weeks. Last week, I think. Anyway. So... But I, st I stuck with my <laughs> initial order because that's the model that I wanted. But then, Kevin, when we were in Amsterdam and uh, the was a lunch day, I couldn't resist. And I'm like, you know what? I'll just get a new watch. And my plan was... I think, I think your shopping habits have been well documented on this show. <laughs> <laughs> the, people, the people know. Rafa cannot resist <laughs> buying things. Oh, yeah? Let me turn this story around, Kevin. Okay. So instead of me just being a person with kind of problematic shopping habits i decided you know what well i could either cancel my order but that's not gonna happen so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna give this watch uh, an uh, offer as a gift to my sister that's gonna be like early christmas present Aww. that's so nice of you so yeah so now i'm not anymore like i'm not a, a person with bad shopping habits anymore now i'm a very good person and a great well brother, so. let's not get carried away here <laughs> It's, uh, uh, how do I coin this term? It's like kindness driven by this need to have the latest thing immediately. <laughs> um, but well, that's, that's very nice. Whatever. Details. Um, details. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. You. Cause I mean, <laughs> you could have just given your old watch to, um, to your sister. That is true. Instead you that bought her a brand so. new watch that was only lightly used <laughs> for a couple weeks. Yeah, it, it's it's so it's very nice. New. So how are so, the new watch faces? Okay, so uh, interesting enough. Uh, so the watch faces is you have the you have the one, the new one, which is the one you see in every single marketing material, which is like you can customize a lot, like have a colored background, like big numbers or just like little dots. And anyway, it's a pretty cool watch face. I actually think it looks really good. Um, probably, I think it's my favorite one, like just how it looks. But the problem is you can't even put uh, complications on it. And it's a analog watch face. So it's not very useful, but it looks good. But the problem is all of the other watch faces, and this happens a lot with the non-Nike watch faces as well, they haven't been updated to, the, to take advantage of the new screen. Like they look very off. 
They don't. Uh, they don't look good. So, yeah. I mean, it's again. It's if, if you're gonna buy one, and you're like, in, you're not sure which one model to pick. Pick this one because at least you get more. But anyway, but uh, I put this in a follow up just because I want to talk about something, which is um, the the digital crown feels very very different, and it shouldn't. Oh, really? I think it's like it's every single watch has it's it's like a bit different mm-hmm. <laughs> so my non-nike one the one i got uh the digital chrome was like kind of what's the opposite of smooth uh, like as you turn it uh stuttery but it's not st- it's, it's just like it was hard it was you had to, <laughs> you had to put a lot of force in it to 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 turn it right more than at least series two it's kind of right. off but but the vibration felt really good all the haptic feedback hmm. and on this nike edition the digital crown like it's super smooth like it moves very fast um and i feel like the vibration was not as strong and so because of that not as satisfying so i was like should i give this model to my sister and like keep the one with the stronger (laughs) vibration so i i use like one day uh you know i would use one model and the next day i would use another model like go back and forth but you know like it was so similar that i just yeah Never mind. But but still, like it's so weird how every single watch is still a tiny bit unique and different in how it feels. Yeah. Yeah, kind it seems weird. like they they haven't gotten like the manufacturing of these quite right yet. Not at all. Also, I I suspect I mean I could probably go to iFixit and 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 see and check if this is true or not. But I suspect that the 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 haptic feedback component in the smaller watches is the same component, meaning it's mm. the same size, meaning the vibration is going to be stronger because you know it's it's vibrating a smaller unit than right because i tried it on uh, deborah's uh, watch and it was like super hard like they were very strong the the vibration so anyway this is not what huh. people tune in for interesting yeah i mean i was curious about the watch faces like have you have you found that like you're using a nike like a nike watch face or not really uh yeah i mean i'm all over the place okay <laughs> but uh but yes so like I, you can't see it okay nice okay so you're using one of the new ones so this new one is like it's the one that looks best so i'm not really using the watch much like i'm not working i'm not whatever this is, it just looks good and it has a bunch of new colors also the nike specific like exclusive colors mm-hmm. um and so, like, if I have a pink hoodie, I'll put the pink watch face. And if I have a, you know, a green hoodie, green, uh, I only wear hoodies, apparently. Anyway, um, so I use that. But I also use the the old Nike uh, watch face. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, that one's nice. I This is my favorite. This is one I used the most uh, on my other model. Uh, but the problem is, like, it doesn't look as good in this one because it's not updated. And, like, uh, sometimes the text, if it's a bit long, gets cut off on the corners. It's not. Mm, okay. Like yeah, yeah, that's unfortunate. It's not great. But yeah, I'm all over. I'm using like all of them, effectively. <laughs> cool, fair enough. Yeah, I've I've been like struggling trying to find like the right watch face for for me. Um, I feel like none of them is quite right. Like I've settled on the uh, infograph modular as my main like daily driver the biggest thing for me is always mm-hmm. the the center middle calendar complications so i get to see like where's my next event um that's kind of a shame though because like the calendar one is basically the same <laughs> as it was mm-hmm. on the old watch um whereas like a lot of the other apps like have updated to have something like more interesting in the middle um and be able to like actually render graphs and like different things um so it it feels like i'm not really taking advantage of the bigger face with the new complications um Mm -hmm. and then when i switch sometimes i switch over to the actual infograph face um and that one's like interesting because it's new and like you can pack in a lot of information but i find time absolutely like way too hard to read on that face i can't tell the time yeah even (laughs) even when i put like you know how you can put like the small like time at the top like Uh i even find like that doesn't look very good and it's just like the the hands are in your way half of the time anyways yeah that's clearly a hack that it doesn't look very good yeah um 
So I don't know. I just I feel kind of unhappy about the watch face situation. Even the Siri watch face that I used to use before now feels so low density <laughs> compared to the other ones because yeah. you can only get to see like sure. two pieces of information at a time. Kind of mm-hmm. like, eh, no, I don't want that anymore. Apparently, you're not alone uh, in this because uh, on Twitter, we've seen more and more people play around uh, using Sprite Kit, uh, not Sprite Kit, Scene Kit, um, to create an app on Apple Watch, effectively to create your own watch face. Of course, it's not really a watch face. I guess you would launch it as an app, right? And you can, yeah. I think you can set uh, some settings to like keep the app awake every time you, you wake it up, right? So you won't revert back to the to the actual watch face um and of course this is not in the app store because apple wouldn't allow this uh to be in the app store but uh um stephen Smith, i think and also um, david smith maybe uh they've they've posted on github like a build you can you can just clone that and and build it locally in xcode and put in your watch if you want to try it but it's been so like effectively we got a taste as to what it would look like if if apple allowed third-party developers to create uh, their own watch face. And we've seen some pretty cool uh, uh, explorations, like some cool ideas. Have you seen that one? Like it's, you have like a, the inner ring that would change color depending on the temperature. Um, um, I think I saw one? it briefly. Yeah. That was, I think, from uh, David Smith. Yes. Underscore. Yeah. That was I'm a really neat right idea. Now. Yeah, yeah so that's what super do you think? interesting. Do you, think, do you think Apple should allow this? Uh, third-party developers to to do this so in my opinion the reason why they don't is that it is like fairly simple is that the way that uh third-party developers hook into the watch faces are complications there's already one way for third-party developers to integrate there and it it is like they would would i don't think they would want to throw away the whole complication idea um so basically third-party developers would be in charge of creating like interfaces that support displaying third like other third party UIs. Um I think like that can lead to a lot of problems and just like be generally very difficult to support all the cases. Like it would it would basically make creating these faces much harder. Um I mean but but that being said on the other side I can also see how like that's that's a totally solvable problem. Mm-hmm. um that they could do but i think that's probably why we haven't seen it yet um there is the other angle of um kind of i think they they do want like people to have a nice watch face um and so many of the android ones are so ugly <laughs> so ugly that um i just i yeah i i don't i think they look at that and they're like we people should people don't know how to make good watch faces um that being said i think it's discounting like how good some ios developers like um david smith and like others um, that we've seen post some watch faces um that's like that's like discounting their abilities to make really interesting and clever new watch faces um so yeah, I don't know. I personally, I would love it if if they allowed me to make my own face. I would for sure want to do that. Um, but it's yeah, it's kind of a tricky situation right now. I would you make Would you make one if you had the ability? I would definitely want to try, but it's not something that like I'm I'm eager to like. Please allow me to do because I have so many ideas. No, not mm-hmm. really. Like, uh, I just want I just want some good looking ones. Uh, uh, a very simple, straightforward way that they could still support complications is right now you have like, I think up to five different uh, types of layout, uh, complication layout. You have like a single circle, you have like the big one on a modular, you have like now the round ones on the infograph, all this. So effectively you could just define what type of complication would go in where, right? Um, and I mean, some watch faces cannot support complications. Heck, Apple ships one, that, that Nike one I mentioned, you can't put complications on it, and it's a official support yeah. one. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, that would be probably that would be on the developer. Like, if you create a watch face that doesn't support complications, people won't download it because <laughs> I don't know. I yeah, don't know. but base, but from a um, well, I don't know. It depends. I keep going back and forth on this, but 
because it's like from a um like developer standpoint you have to sort of quarantine the ui of each of the different apps complications so that it doesn't interfere like and doesn't inject code into the software that runs the face um which i guess they are already doing so maybe they could have a way to do that for third-party devs too um yeah i don't know the more we talk about this the more i feel like yeah it, it would be very possible for them to do um yeah if we take the home screen as like a comparison, uh, Apple never opened it up ever. Yeah, I know but, it's a bit different. But. Yeah, exactly. Like, I feel like so much of my interactions with the watch is just looking at the face. Like most of the yeah, time, I don't even tap and interact on anything. Um, like I wouldn't expect them to allow developers to make a different honeycomb screen for people to pick the apps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that's maybe slightly different, but. Um, what about the lock screen? It's literally the watch face true. of the iPhone. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they need to allow us to add some some widgets on there. Like, I don't want to have to swipe over to see some of my widgets. <laughs> um, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> um, yeah, so hopefully in the future we'll see more. Um, wait, what's the opposite of analog? <laughs> Digital. Digital. Damn. Had a brain fart there. Um, I want to see more digital watch faces. Like, there's just, mm-hmm. just not enough. Like, all the cool ones are, are all analog. Um, so, hopefully, we're going to see more either through third party developers next year or um, just Apple adding more faces. Yeah, but honestly, if, if they don't even update the existing faces to support and take advantage of the new screen, it doesn't give me very like confidence or like high hopes that they will, they're creating a lot of new ones. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, at least we got some new ones uh, with this model. Uh, the, and they recorded headphone recording fire and shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's for sure. Okay, moving on. Um Oh, I put here on the on our show notes that I have thoughts on Sketch Fifty Two. I don't, honestly. I don't have anything to say there. Uh, <laughs> I really don't. It's fine. I like it. I'm using it with dark mode. Uh, it's okay. Uh, now, I, uh, since you mentioned on the last episode, the selection model is different from the system default. Now I can't and see it. Um, You're welcome. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah. Uh, but so no, I don't have a lot of thoughts on last week's episode. But people did. We got a bunch of fo- of um, we got a bunch of follow up on Twitter and other mediums. No, it was just Twitter uh, <laughs> uh, of people who listen back to our show, and uh, apparently they have opinions. So, so listener Hoyle Wang, uh, apologies for any mispronunciation. <laughs> uh, he is a product manager at Adobe XD. He's working on Adobe XD, and he he reached out to let us know that you know maybe in a week or two. Uh, we're going to be surprised and some of our complaints and concerns uh, regarding Adobe XD will be addressed. Um, so uh, the Adobe is holding a conference, they, their annual conference. It's called Adobe Max. Uh, and it's going to be, when is this? October 15th. Oh, shit. That's that's like next week, Monday, right? I'm going to yeah, wait for the S Max. <laughs> Maybe next year. Adobe S Max. Uh, yeah, so apparently uh, Monday, October 15, they're going to have all these events, and we're probably going to see a lot of new uh, updates to XD and all of Adobe uh, uh, products, probably. we Also, there's strong rumors that we're going to see dun, 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 Photoshop for iPad. Remember mm. that? Have you seen that? Yeah, um, yeah. I remember seeing some people talk about that a while ago. Yeah, yeah. That'd be interesting. So apparently they're working on like a, a, it's not really, so I'm not sure if it's a port, but it's like a a native, full-featured version of Photoshop for uh, the iPad. And also I assume that it's also going to be out for other tablets or other platforms. Um, And maybe that's why, you know, Apple is holding, uh, is waiting on these uh, announcements for their own um, iPad Pro keynote. Maybe, who knows? So uh, thanks so much for reaching out, uh, Hoyle. Uh, we, I'm actually pretty curious. I really want to watch this uh, and see what you guys have been cooking. Um, and so we, we're probably going to address this on the show um, after that. So thanks. 
Yep. Pretty cool to see that Adobe is continuing to invest in uh, Adobe XD. And yeah, who knows? Maybe like one day we'll all be looking back at, at this episode and be like, we're all using Adobe XD now. <laughs> like, <laughs> what the heck are these other tools anyways? Um, so yeah, we'll see. Then we also had um, uh, an interesting uh, back and forth with uh, listener Darren and listener Justin. Um, uh, Darren uh, started by saying that you know we we really didn't address um, the massive uh, improvements on performance that Figma has over Sketch, um, and then Justin you know um, got back to, to, <laughs> to Darren saying that with Sketch fifty two the latest version. Um, Sketch got uh, also a massive uh, performance improvement um, on rendering as well, uh, especially. So I don't have a lot to say here, and for one single reason, like every time I try Figma, I can see that it's way faster than Sketch at almost every single operation, every everything, uh, every single thing that I do. The reason why I'm not even addressing that is because. I don't feel like it's fair because I work with massive sketch files and I never work with massive Figma files. What I do know is like Figma takes a long time to open, like the initial load yeah. over the rest. Uh, I also know that they address that. So it's like, I think it's it's some wins and some losses here and there. Like it depends, but overall Figma is a pretty fast app. So, you know. Well, uh, I was just like, as you were talking, like opening up a, figma file it's still it's still opening right now still opening <laughs> still opening still, and there we go <laughs> and i opened it while you were talking um like i don't know i i do agree that like moving in between things in figma feels fast but there's also no animation <laughs> um and there is like quite a bit of loading and like fuzzy things going on around like just zooming in and out of this file um that i work on so i don't know i feel like for me uh, with the amount of artboards that i have in sketch it's comp i'd say it's comparable um i know mm. i've heard from a lot of people that if you use a ton of symbols in sketch sketch gets really slow um i Ch- i do checks out yeah so but i don't like i if i barely use any symbols um so it, everything's mostly fine <laughs> for me um, I can I can feel for the people that are like heavily invested in all these components and are like, Jesus, this is taking forever. Like I can't just I can't even just pan my document. Everything's like slows down. Um, that totally sucks. And lastly, listener Billy um, got back to us, uh, complaining a little bit because we uh, he feels like we really we weren't very fair to Adobe XD. Um, hey, a lot of XD uh, users and fans. Cool. Yeah, lots uh, of XD uh, love. Like, so he says that you know he uses Adobe XD and he loves it, and uh, he's also coming from a Photoshop-based team, and uh, he thinks that we are burning XD too hard without actually you know thoroughly giving it a shot. Um, I like I can see where you're coming from. Um, I think like we were pretty explicit about the fact that we don't use this tool and never really have, like. And yeah, but I can see like if you're a fan, I can see that it, it can be painful to to hear us trashing a little bit without actually giving it a shot. So I I feel you, I I understand, but um yeah I it was what it was. <laughs> That's how I felt still. Um, but you know what? Uh, I'll I'll wait. Uh, I'll wait for uh, the Adobe Max. I'll see what 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 they've been cooking, and I'll probably give it a shot, like a, a proper chance. I will even install Creative Cloud. Oh God, <laughs> I I am not willing to make the same claim. <laughs> not brave enough, Kevin. You have to no nope. brave. Uh, I, I admit it. I admit it. <laughs> last uh, last uh, thing that I want to address before we move away from um, follow up on design tools. It's funny how like uh, was this today? Yesterday? Anyway, uh, this week uh, Figma uh, announced a new feature. Features, I think it's more than one, but uh, a thing that they announced is, is something that they're calling smart selection. And uh, I have here on my show notes that Figma just got patty tooed. Like Figma just patty tooed itself because it's effectively like one of the features of patty two, our beloved uh, RIP, but uh, you know, our beloved uh, sketch plugin. 
uh, in where you could just take a bunch of uh, layers and you could say stack them horizontally or vertically and define uh, padding like the spacing between elements and if you would drag like an element imagine like on a list if you would drag one layer like to the top for example it would automatically rearrange every single thing so it would push down all the other layers to accommodate for it so it was uh, pretty cool and i i am so happy to see figma um, implementing this feature i it's one of those features that once i had it like it's 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 really hard to go back to not having it and i am currently struggling uh with the fact that uh, you know i don't have it anymore on sketch so it's it's funny how like sketch is, is like the last tool to really get this maybe um but hey i i'm really curious i i'm going to try to see uh you know how figma implemented it but uh i have no doubts that it's probably a very very solid implementation so i'm just playing with it right now and it's very good <laughs> boom boom it's yeah Not it's surprised. really well done um you can like reorder things really easily there's like there's little to no setup um and then the mm-hmm. spacing too is works really great um yeah two thumbs up i love this i yeah i definitely want this in the tool that i use <laughs> Right, and uh, I think that's it for follow-up. Look at us. We did it. 20 minutes, 20 minutes or so. Good. Yeah. Uh, So, Kevin, what's up in our lives? (laughs) So, last weekend, uh, I got to visit uh, this place called Habitat 67. Um, So, it's... it's Habitat 67. Yeah. Um, So, it's a um, sort of a housing complex in Montreal. Um, go look at the pictures. We'll put a link in the show notes. Um, uh, I've also took a bunch of pictures of my own. Um, and it has this super, super interesting architecture. Um, uh, it's this brutalist, like all made of concrete blocks. Um, that's like super interesting, uh, housing complex from, uh, the 1960s. Um, it's super cool. Like I, I just discovered that you can go and visit it. Um, super interesting to like walk through it has this like very blade runner feel to it um and it like feels like both the future and the past at the same time just super from the 60s yeah wow yeah Um, it doesn't like from certain angles it doesn't look like it's possible yeah no it's it's just crazy breakdown um and we kind of got to hear a little bit about um sort of the history of that building um so that building was designed by um, an architect named Moshe Safdi or whatever. I don't know how you pronounce it. I'm terrible <laughs> with pronunciation of anything ever. Um, and at the time, uh, this architect was 25 years old. Oh, no way. Yeah. When he designed wow. this whole thing. And the whole thing is like kind of a mirac- miracle that it happened. Because um, it's like this crazy budget for this like crazy idea of this like young architect that's effectively hasn't really built anything before. Um, it's this like soup. It has like so many interesting ideas about um, how people actually live together in this sort of community. So there's lots of like shared spaces where people can like run into one another. Um, mm-hmm. He's also really rethought a lot of different aspects um of like you know making apartments and and houses um one one element that's interesting is like all the different cubes are the same size um so the idea is like trying to give people like make everyone equal like that it it should be well now it's like pretty expensive to live there but (laughs) at the time like trying to like make it like something that's this awesome architecture but make it accessible to anybody um and then over time, what people have been doing is like taking over multiple cubes and then like connecting them together uh, to mm. make bigger spaces. Um, there's they've also like pioneered apparently uh, a bunch of different innovations um, in terms of like you know the the things you have like in your house like the uh, washer and dryer like that's the first time that they um, created like washer and dryer that you could stack on top of another for mm. this because they were very limited in space so they need to like come up with this new concept for how washer and dryer would work um 
the windows go completely edge to edge. So the the edge of the windows are like embedded into the walls. And um, no notch? No, no notches anywhere. <laughs> uh, complete true edge to edge. Nice. Um, it's <laughs> Way this, ahead of its time. It's this really fascinating um, uh, like piece of on it like it's effectively a piece of art like it's it's crazy and because the structure is like kind of this weird structure um there's actually a system of cables inside of the concrete blocks that needs to be tightened up every month so that the whole thing doesn't fall apart oh wow <laughs> that doesn't sound very no it doesn't sound great but it's also i also appreciate and love the that kind of i don't know that 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 desire to be like we're gonna do something great and yeah it's gonna have some downsides here and there but we're we're not gonna let that stop us like we'll be resourceful and coming up with creative solutions for hey like how should a building hold up like and they're like well how about cables (laughs) um like that's an interesting clever solution um Apparently, too, one of the other weird things while we're on that topic, uh, the bathrooms are made of a single piece. So the walls and like the um, toilet and the the bath or shower are all kind of like a single mold thing. And so hmm. basically they create so it the has cube. a unibody design. Yes, that, exactly. That's a unibody. <laughs> that's a unibody bathroom uh so what they do is actually like create that concrete cube and then they have to put the bathroom first and then build the rest of everything else around that because once that the 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 other stuff is in there's no way you can put the bathroom back (laughs) into Mm -hmm. this box which means that if anything breaks in the bathroom you need to completely destroy everything <laughs> and start over. Usually people don't like put like an original one uh, back in. They just like, you know, they just buy different parts and create their own mm-hmm. bathrooms. Um, but apparently um, this, this building is now like kind of uh, part of sort of the Montreal kind of culture and like protected by many laws and stuff like that around like mm-hmm. what you can and can't do. Um, but apparently every time um, there's like, little changes or things that need to happen. Um, every one of these changes still needs to be approved by the architect himself. And he's now wow. 80 years old and he still like goes and approve, like needs to approve all the different changes. Um, wow. Anyways, it's a super interesting complex. If you're into architecture, I highly recommend like going to read more about it. Um, I'm definitely going to like, research this even more even though I, I i did the tour and got to like walk around and see inside and see the different like innovations and stuff that they they created um so I'll, if i find like more more books or videos or stuff like that um i'll i'll probably like talk about them in, on the show uh in the upcoming weeks but um otherwise like you can just go and and look at it it's it's super interesting i'm setting the uh the chapter uh, art uh, as like a picture of, so you can just look at your phone or whatever awesome um yeah this looks this looks amazing i have uh, two questions first since you've you've visited you've been the one thing that i just uh it's not clear to me just looking at pictures because all of the pictures are from the outside um yeah. like how is how do you get to one of these houses like at, at like higher floors how i don't see a way like a like you can't have elevators or like where would the stairs go I, it's <laughs> Yeah. Um, So they actually do have elevators, but elevators don't go to every floor. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So not like a single. If you had to draw a line, yeah, exactly. Top to bottom, you can't. So they have a a set of corridors that you can kind of like. You take the elevator up to like the floor that is closest to yours, and then you take sort of this path as like different. set of stairs and and different places where you can like go and navigate towards the this maze Mm. and to get to your actual apartment which is like another one of these things (laughs) it's like i can totally appreciate that like this is trying very hard to do something interesting uh but also kind of fighting 
the real world uh, in many aspect. Yeah. Um, like this is not very practical in Montreal where there's there's snow for <laughs> like half the time. Um, so, but yeah, I guess yeah, I guess people do need to kind of like walk around this sort of concrete <laughs> maze uh in the winter <laughs> uh when it's snowing uh and just yeah climb climb the the stairs outside last question uh looking at this this looks very like fu- futuristic and crazy and if it looks like that now i wonder you know how people took it like the uh, the people's reaction back in the 60s when it was brand new and if it was like it was a, was it an immediate success or was it something like it took its sweet time to actually be appreciated by the city so i i don't know much about that um what i do know is that um there were people that were living in it like right from the moment where um it got built um and the it was like meant to be created for the um sort of uh world exposition i think in 1967 um and they didn't finish on time <laughs> so they had one of these there's like sort of three um sort of pyramids um mm-hmm. and i think they finished two and then they had one left and they were like sort of creative and said like oh no 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 this is because we want to show people how, what how the construction of these works but it was totally because they were just not done uh on time um there were people who um oh yeah and at at the beginning people could only rent um and then at one point like these types of um exhibitions or like these these types of things that get created usually get torn down uh afterwards because it's just hard to maintain but the people who uh lived in them loved it so much that they created a company to buy it out um and basically oh, wow. bought the entire complex um as like a sort of shared company That's between awesome. the people who live there uh and now it's all uh, people who own this um their various cubes <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thanks for sharing. This is uh this is great. This looks this looks crazy. <laughs> Yeah, no, it is I... it is really cool. And I can't believe that like I just went to see it. You know? It's such like an interesting piece of architecture and I love architecture. Um and the the tours have started, I believe, last year. Uh and then they did it this year. Um the tours are still going on until the end of October. So if you're in Montreal, definitely do yourself a favor and go visit. Um the person who gives the tour is the person who had to convince everyone that there needed to be a tour of the space because it's super awesome. Uh, and so she's like super knowledgeable and um, super interesting. Um, so yeah, no, I, I, I love these kinds of things. Like it reminds me a lot of um, Casa de Musica that I visited in, in Portugal. Um, I just love kind of getting these kind of architectural tours of, of buildings and like getting to hear about the story behind them yeah, and the, the design the and how people use them and how it evolves. Um, so that's definitely something that I need to do more of, like whenever I travel, try to find these, um, these cool, uh, interesting pieces of architecture and, and see if I can go and visit them. I would love to move to one of these apartments. <laughs> yeah, I would love to. The one problem is that a, it's pretty expensive, um, because there's so much, uh, like constant, sort of renovations and maintenance that need to happen so many of the things are bespoke one-off things so as soon as something breaks like the light switches aren't like normal light switches like they're like custom like they're round (laughs) buttons um so it's like okay if if those break then you need to like change the whole system which is like kind of a pain uh and then two it's a little bit like removed from the main city which right. is like gives it like a really interesting look on the city because like the view is beautiful, um, but you're kind of outside the city, so it's like less appealing. Right. Makes sense. But yeah, like can you imagine kind of like walking through every day, and this is kind of what you see uh, when you when you walk out of your apartment? Like that'd be amazing. Right, that's awesome, man. Thanks for again. Thanks for sharing it, and uh, for everyone listening, uh, you have to see it, right? <laughs> Uh, hopefully you've you've visited you you've seen pictures uh, once we started talking about it because you haven't i'm gonna put links in the show notes so you can check out some pictures pretty cool
Anyway, uh, another thing like really cool from the event is the um, what they call it something slate. It's like their Chromebook uh, tablet thing. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to talk a lot about it because I honestly I don't know enough to really talk about it. But I love their um, the equivalent of their smart cover, like their keyboard folding also acts as a stand thing. It has a backlit keyboard. Ooh, it has a trackpad. Nice. Um, the the little thing like in the back that it connects to the slate is like through just magnets. But you can adjust the viewing angle of the screen. So you can like recline the seat, the, <laughs> not the seat, <laughs> recline the screen um, to, you know, a, as you please. And that is yeah. awesome because that's something that I struggle with my smart keyboard on my iPad because it's at that fixed uh, mm-hmm. angle. That's not awesome. Also, the keyboard, the keys are are circles, like they're rounded. Um, and I think it was Dieter from uh, The Verge asked someone from their uh, design team, like, why? Because <laughs> it feels very gimmicky. Mm-hmm. Um, but the that person said that from their tests, they tested the just the regular rectangle shaped, you know, like square keys and the. Uh, and circle ones, and and they say that sure people uh, are taking it back a little bit at first because it's they're not used to it, but after they get used to it, um, they are actually like they're more accurate on the that keyboard because, like, it's easier to feel the like the space between keys, huh. so it's harder for you to try to hit, like hit, you know, like on the edge of a key or like miss miss hit a key mistype i guess uh and that is very interesting i never even considered yeah. that like yeah so that was yeah that that, that is super interesting so, yeah i'm very curious about this device now um the keyboard looks amazing i'm also i'm curious have you seen any videos that show what happens when you use the trackpad they show like they render like a mouse cursor they do a circle yeah, it's it's a chromebook it's not an android tablet Right, but it's still like a touchscreen device, right? Yeah, but the OS is it's like it's Chrome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it has a cursor. No, it's just I'm it. I'm asking that because I really wish I uh, Apple would put a trackpad on their iPad. Cause I just feel that yeah, it's so much better when you're using the keyboard. <laughs> um, so I'm just curious to see like how are they handling the UI for the controller there? Like, is it a mouse pointer, which mm-hmm. then feels like you're playing with a jumbo UI, you know, and like your mouse partner is like really small or are they doing like the bigger circle? Like for example, in the simulator that simulates kind of your finger. Um, I don't know. I'm just curious. Yeah. If sure. anyone has the answer to that, here's the uh, one th- please let me know. I'll try to look for it too. But here's the one thing I know in their, like in their demo units and all, and, and on stage, um, when they show the, like the home screen, the whatever equivalent, what do they call it? Uh, there's a, a an app right there for Figma, so like Figma, of course, runs on this because this is Chrome. Huh. Uh, but it was interesting to see Figma, the Figma there uh, featured. Damn. So congrats on the Figma. Yeah, I'm actually I'm kind of like curious to check machine. this out now. Because because that's yeah. true that like if Figma works pretty well on this, this could actually make a really nice laptop. Yeah, and I mean, sure they're cheaper than let's say a MacBook or a MacBook Pro, but you can get, you can get an expensive machine. I think you can get up to $1,600 like in, and get like a 16 gigs of RAM and all the fancy i7, you know, I think, I think they go up to quad core, not really yeah. more than that, but not sure. But anyway, you can get like a legit laptop mm. out of this. Yeah. I feel like, boy, the iPad has bigger competition than ever. Like, because this is actually really compelling to me, right? Like, you have mm-hmm. the portability of the iPad. They seem to have this kind of stylus. Um, they have, and then you can dock it to a full, like a proper keyboard with a trackpad, um, and use it more as a computer. And they have like a pro design tool on it. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. And the UI looks actually looks pretty good. It looks better than Android to me. <laughs> It does. Yeah, hopefully I can check it out in a store or something. Same. I, I, they don't... Yeah, that's another thing. Like, it's... I don't... I still don't think that you, I can buy a Pixel, like, officially mm-hmm. in my country. Like, through the Google uh, store. So I'm not sure where you, I could even get one of these, but... Interesting. 
Anyway, we should uh, move on. We should do recommendations, man, before Let's we do go. It. Uh, do you want to start? Let's... I can okay. start, sure. Uh, I'm recommending a video game. Shocker. Um, this is a game for the PSVR. So it's a VR game. It's called Astrobot. Um, Astrobot, if you've played, uh, what is it called? Not the Playroom. No, maybe it's the Playroom. It's like a couple, like um, first-party games for the PlayStation. And like you've seen these characters, these little robot uh, characters uh, before. Uh, but now they have their own, like it's their own platform puzzle game in VR. And the reason why I'm uh, recommending it is like they managed to create here something that it's so, um, it's so unique and so well executed um, that a lot of people on, on Reddit, it's even, they're even comparing this game to Mario 64, what Mario 64 was to 3D games. Meaning, Mario 64 was not the first 3D game. It was not even like the first uh, 3D, I don't want to call it open world, but like, you know, large scale world. Um, but it was the first game that like it changed, it, it made you click what 3D games could be. Um, and a lot of people are saying the same thing for this, but for VR. Wow. Um, and I would tend to agree. This is like, it's so beautiful. It's the best looking PSVR game um, by far. Like, because um, usually the, the, the graphics are not always amazing uh because of technical uh reasons <laughs> but so i don't know what kind of magic they pulled off here but it, the game looks amazing um it's a platform thing uh the way they they made it work it's like it's 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 just super cute the way it integrates with the controller cuz that's other like awkward thing in vr like you can have floating hands if you're using just like the controller some people just like, oh yeah, there's no. Con- sure, you're playing the controller, but like you're playing someone with a gun or whatever, right? They completely like they break the illusion there. This is like, no, you are holding a a, a VR version of the remote. Huh. <laughs> like if you press the buttons on your actual remote, you can see right. on the virtual remote being pressed as well. Anyway, it's like it's really immersive and it's really special and it's super cute. This is so adorable. This game, so cool. So. That's my recommendation, and that's what's keeping me busy uh, until Red Dead Redemption 2 comes out. (laughs) A couple more weeks. That game is going to be amazing. But that's another recommendation for another week. I have a Um, random question for you. mm -hmm. When do you play video games? Um, So, (laughs) for example, this week I really didn't have any time. I think I played like an hour, like Monday maybe. Uh, I play a lot like on weekends, but like couple hours a day maybe it depends really it depends uh, i told you this before i'm not a very regular gamer mm. meaning i don't play like an hour a day or whatever i usually tend to just i don't play for like maybe weeks maybe it'll be a month and i don't really touch the playstation but then like spider-man comes out right and i'll play it non-stop for like every single like you know every single uh free time that i have it's going to be wasted on that <laughs> and then i just overdo it for like a couple of days weeks whatever and then i go back to chilling but um yeah like weekends uh maybe like at night when i'm not super busy with work i play like an hour or two before i go to bed right so. okay cool so you're asking this because <laughs> since we've been doing this show we've been like should i buy a ps4 and i'm like yes and you're like uh but when do i even play games um and i think that's where you are like you really want a ps4 and you should get one but you're like can i justify it when i don't even have time to play games and i'm a little bit worried about what it's gonna do to my productivity (laughs) because you know but i feel like if you i mean you can do it and you'll have a million side projects and various things going Mm -hmm. on so i don't know one thing I did discover is we do have a, a PS4 at the office. <laughs> and people are productive in the office. Oh, so. <laughs> uh, sorry. No, what I, what I meant by that is like, I guess I could just play the, uh, like buy the games I want and go play it at the office. <laughs> Can you honestly, if I had a, a console at the office, I would never play that because yeah. video games are very personal, man. <laughs> It's like it's like oh we have a TV with an Apple TV at the office. Are you gonna watch <laughs> movies there? No, that's a very you know? good point. That is a very good point. <laughs> yeah. 
So anyway, I still think you should yeah. buy it. If when you buy it, you're probably going to overdo it in the first couple of weeks because it's just new and right. you're excited. Uh, so don't measure your productivity in the first like month, but it'll <laughs> it'll settle down. And... Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Fair so enough. what's your recommendation, man? So my recommendation this week is Forever. Uh, it's this new show on Amazon Prime. <laughs> Go check it out. Don't read anything about it. Don't like. Don't look it up. Just go watch it. It's good. You need to give it a shot. Multiple episodes. Um, but I'd say like two to three episodes in. You, like if at that point you don't like it, don't keep watching. Uh, but wait at, at <laughs> least like two or three three episodes. They're half hour episodes, anyways. I don't know if you're selling it, um, man. It's good. Can you give me any, like, can you set the scene at least, mm. or do I have to go in blind? I think it's best if you go in blind. You're not selling it, but okay, I trust you, my friend. Yeah, I I think you're just gonna have to trust I me on this will one. Watch it. Um, it is because it's like yeah, I hmm. Um, okay, so the. <laughs> I'd say the one thing that I can say about it, it is that it is about um, relationships and sort of like love relationships. It was um, uh, created by the co-creator of Master of None. Oh. So if you kind of like Master of None, well, so it's that kind this of is a right. show that would appeal to you. Cool, cool, cool. But I don't want to say more than that. All right. Well, I'll give it a shot. Cool. All right. So with that, uh, we reached the end of this episode. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, uh, you can follow us at LayoutFM. I am at Rafahari and Kevin is at Vernal Kick. We are also on Mastodon. We are both at Kevin and at Rafa on Mastodon.design. Um, we want to give sh- uh, special shout outs this week for our listeners, uh, Victor Kearns. Hi, Victor. Uh, Super Team, Super Team, how would you pronounce this? Yeah, Super Team Chakraborty. Boom. I would not do a better job at pronouncing that. Um, and uh, my friend, the one and only safe solvent, <laughs> Martin, um, you know who you are. He keeps sending me, you know how the, like, the, um, auto replies on the apple watch when you complete a workout <laughs> so we just have this thread he sends me a message every time i do i close my rings i do a workout so um yeah <laughs> cool well special shout outs uh, given and uh you can find the show notes for this show uh on our website that's layout.fm and uh lastly we are a part of the spec fm network so if you're looking for more podcasts to listen to um, check them out at spec.fm. Boom. That's it. That's it for the show. You can go now. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs>